Hello and welcome to Dissecting a Frog, a podcast about writing, performing and producing comedy hosted by me, Luke Morris. Uh, this week we talked to Rachel Rayner and Ashley Greblo in what is a special live recording, uh, October 2022, on the last day of the Bendigo Comedy Festival. Uh, Please do imagine yourself sitting in the beer garden. It's a warm day, there's a clear blue sky, you have a nice cold drink in hand, and there's enough wind to blow up one of those inflatable men. Uh, it was a very windy day, yes, um, and you can hear a little bit of that in the recording, but it's all right. Uh, you also occasionally hear the recording pause because uh, audience was got involved, they asked questions, which is great, but they didn't have microphones. So you'll hear the sort of stops and then we introduce what the question was. Um, but the people who had microphones, it was me and Rachel Rayner, science explainer. Uh, she's an award-winning performer uh, from LA Fringe, been at Sydney Fringe, touring science slash comedy shows around New South Wales and came to Bendigo and she gave her thoughts on writing and performing at festivals. Uh, also, Ash Greblo, he's a Bendigo-based comedian. And he's performed all around Victoria and at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And he gives his views on how we go around with producing and performing at festivals, as well as writing. It's a good talk. Uh, and we cover lots of things like reviews and reviewers and what we think of all of that, uh, writing, shows, marketing shows in a festival, uh, and there's a little bit of talk about grants. Um, if there's, if you've any interest in how a festival comes together, um, even though the Benny Comedy Festival is only really three events old, there's, there's lots of learnings, I guess, lots of things happening that, uh, well, I guess as Ash describes in it, there's a, if you want to put something like this together, there's just a lot to do. And a lot of it is just really about how much you want to make it happen. Um, he also says very early on that there's some good advice that he learnt and he shares that and I think it's it's good to listen to this uh, for all of those reasons. Um, if you do like this podcast for education and support, please become a member of Comedy Victoria. Uh, there's the website comedyvictoria.com.au and follow at Comedy Vic. Uh, but let's jump into the interview and dissect the frog of becoming, of, let's dissect the frog of being part of a comedy festival with Rachel Rayner and Ash Gobblow. Um, Ash, actually my first question is why? Why festivals? Why do you want to be part of a festival? From a comedian perspective or from the committee perspective? Let's go both, because I think both of those answers are different and interesting. Yeah, okay. Comedian perspective, first off, just to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival at the start was like, thought I made it, even though it cost you $500 and anyone could do it. <laughs> um, but I just thought that it was like an honour thing. Like, I thought, yeah, not everyone got in, but you do. <laughs> um, but once you're in, though, and the reason you keep doing it is I reckon that every time you do a comedy festival, you're probably doing about 14 shows, it's like... You grow more in the, more in those fourteen shows than you do across the whole year, yep. as a comedian. I reckon like the show starts on the whatever night, and then two weeks later you're so much better. And if you didn't do that, you just did a year of gigs. It wouldn't you wouldn't get the same um, value. Is that because of the regularity of doing those gigs that you can't compare to just doing spots in different rooms, or is it? 
what's the difference between going and doing 14 spots, which you could do in Melbourne in a row, versus 14 individual shows? Yeah, and to add to that, because the audience demographic is then, you know, a Melbourne demographic, so does that come mm. into it as well? I don't know if that comes into it, but I think it being your audience means that you can roll the dice a bit more. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I don't, like, you know, this is my show, so, like, I can try stuff, I can make mistakes, but if you're on a really nice lineup and, like, like the gala, for example, on Wednesday, well, you can't really risk it, because then they might not book you again, so <laughs> if you're doing two weeks of shows, like, yeah, you just have fun with it, it's your audience, you know them, but also, yeah, it's just something about doing it every night makes it better, um, but, yeah, you would get that from just doing spots if you do them every night as well, but, all, but also... Comedy festival is more than your own show, and you get to do more gigs around. Like you can do your show and then run off and do like three other spots that night. So yeah, I think it all—it's just a big time to be performing, and the more you perform, the better you get. Yeah. So as a, as a performer, you not only get that chance to um, feel comfortable in your own material, but you get to be involved in so much and learn so much more that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn like you, you joke. Like my jokes change heaps. Like. Just from doing a festival. And at the end, I'm like, oh, this is such a better punchline. <laughs> I wish it was like an infinity thing, because then everyone would come back and they'd get to hear, hear the change. <laughs> um, sorry for the people on the first night. That is that is very true. Um, now, this, uh, this sounds like a terrible segue. So, Rachel, how would you like your audience to have come back and saw you on a better night? <laughs> Yeah, it's. <laughs> no, 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 let's not ask that question. How do, you, how do you how do you think of the same experience of doing a festival one of shows versus doing individual bits? Yeah, and my show is quite different, I guess, as well, because I have um, science content and then I write jokes and comedy around that. So the science pretty much stays the same, and the humor and the moments of humor in the science stories um, I find throughout the throughout the throughout the time and and talking to different audiences and. I, what I really like is towards the end of a festival, you know that science content so well mm-hmm. that it just becomes about you and the audience and the interaction there. Um, but last night, yeah. I saw it, last night's show you did, oh, you said a line that you then said immediately afterwards, I'm going to add that. <laughs> yeah, I've never said that before. Just, yeah, that on the fly, that being, that, you know, improving and, and going with it. Yes, it was some pun. I'd always wanted some pun around scales and fur, uh, not to give anything Same. away. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Always look for that scale <laughs> pun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just said something and someone in the audience went, oh. And I was like, if it's a reaction, I'm going with it. That was great. <laughs> So you're learning more about your show on the fly as you're doing it, as, as an artist, getting that chance. I do, yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. I got in trouble, I got home at like 12.30 last night. <laughs> Comedy festival ended way earlier. <laughs> but, but and then I had to sneak in and then I got into bed and we've got one phone charger at the moment because we're restuffing a house. You don't need all the details, but <laughs> I've given them to you. But I had to climb over my partner to get my phone because from doing a gig last night, I completely changed a joke. And I had to type it in because if I went to sleep, I'd forget it. Yeah, so it does. It definitely changes and you have to roll it. Like, you have to adapt at the time. And you have to record it. So yeah, that's what I think. I forget it. So yeah. I have to write it down because, like, doing the comedy festival this year, even though I didn't get to do as many spots, definitely changed some jokes for the better. Yeah, and me. Yeah. That's interesting. So this is sort of off topic, of the topic being producing a festival. But writing, 
how much of you writing is what you're doing on stage and then learning from that? And then... A lot. I've got a, I've got a pretty good example of this, actually. There was one bit... I, I've been doing the show for a while now, and there was just one bit that just wasn't feeling as smooth as it had been. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. And then I actually forgot it halfway through the show. I forgot to do it. And then so I threw it in towards the end. And I was like, ah, oh, that just made a lot more sense. And that works much better. So... The, the happy accidents that you need to pay attention to in a show when you're when you're still like a show is never done you just give it up at some point um, so yeah just paying attention to those happy accidents and things that happen on stage they can make it better long term it's really important oh, I actually think that what you just said then is the best thing ever and also the thing that I've just realised in the last couple of days <laughs> that a show is never done because I like this, it's literally what I did last night was I went back and I had to climb over and get this phone because I thought why don't I work on making jokes better like if a joke's really good I just get like I'm like the joke's really good and I just do that joke but for some reason and it only has clicked in the last couple of days maybe like is this like the truth like is this this is your life like you guys are surprising me with knowledge I didn't know because it's interesting when you find out but yeah I have just like come to agree with that like in the last couple of days that yeah I should be looking back at jokes that are really good and making them even better. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's that constant evolving too. Yeah, always making things better. Um, let's go back to producing then. So with the producer hat, Ash, what is it about producing? What do you, what do you, what do you want to be involved in producing things? Because I'm selfish. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well the reason is at the start is because you want to do the show. Because you were like. Well, if you run it, like we do, you get to be in it. You get to curate the program and you get to put yourself in the show. Like, yeah. what? Sorry, everyone, that's why you're here. <laughs> that's, that's exactly... I want to do this. 100% that's the only reason to be involved at the start. But then it just kind of grows and you're like, get to... I don't know, if you do one and it's awesome, then you just want to keep doing it. And like, I love Bendigo, I'm from here. And like, why not to just try and keep putting a cool thing on in the town? Yeah, the selfishness kind of grow like it becomes more about the community. Um, yeah, and I know that sounds so like like Sean just wrote that for me, but that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's originally, the... so twenty eighteen was the first festival. You you might say we put that on, or you were involved in that because you just wanted to perform. Perform. Yeah. Then twenty nineteen and persisting through the issues and doing it. It's about just creating that thing that other people can be involved in not just you yeah because there was a time when we were talking about the program for this one and i was like i don't have a new hour like because we haven't gigged it's like COVID, been off for two years and then you guys said oh so and like you'll do a show and i was like oh all right i'll figure it out and i did it but i'm, I'm so glad i did but i was still going to run it regardless so there must be something in selfish at the start just want to be a part of it like the program and want to make sure that it happens every year for everybody in town to be a part of. And to add to that, I think, Luke, you have a very similar story of why you started the comedy scene in Bendigo, pretty much. I didn't you start the comedy... No, 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 no. part of it. Part of it. Uh-oh. Sorry. Sorry. Don't, don't, Edit don't, that one out, too. <laughs> being part of the original comedy the stuff scene. stuff I lied to you about. Yeah, okay. It's all coming out now. It's all coming out. Luke attended a gig and thought, I could make this better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, yeah, I hear the same from a lot of people. It's like, I 
like, I wanted to perform, there weren't enough spaces, so you get together and you make a space. Oh, yeah. Ex like, yeah, that, yeah, I can't say that enough to people that, like, if you're not getting on, get on by starting <laughs> your own gig. Yeah, it's the only way to do it. Um, Rachel, for you, though, I want to ask yes. about being involved in this festival versus being involved in other festivals. So there's, there's lots of things. We've already talked about uh, artist registration fees. So if you want to be part of Melbourne International Comedy Festival, you said 500. Is it more than 500? How much is it? Isn't it less now, but it was 500? It was, it was, I thought it was more than that. I think it's, it's reduced since COVID, yeah. I think. But I always thought, I, I just, because that is a joke that people make is pay $500 and you can do a comedy festival. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. But that, like, that's just part of the joke, that amount, and everyone's rolled with it. It probably has changed, yeah. yeah. But being involved in, in this festival, how did you find it? How, how, well, I suppose I bullied you into doing a show. So I don't that's... think I had a choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, if you, if you find me a combination for three nights, I'll come down. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so, how do I find it? But as an overall thing, how, how does this festival compare to other things you've been part of? Yeah, I, uh, it's definitely a young festival. Yep. Yeah, you can tell that. But that's nice. I think there's something nice about the young festival energy of just, yeah, you know, we're all coming together, we're all going to get this to work. Um, yeah, but it was very, it, I say it was a young festival at the same time, like the booking system was very good, there's some great ideas here. The day pass, I think, is a wonderful thing. Like, just to spend, you know, whatever it is, $40 and be able to see, like, four or five shows and just take a gamble on what that comedy is and just go with oh, it. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so there's, yeah, I think, and the young, yeah, a young festival can can come up with these great ideas. You're small enough that you can still experiment with things. So it's really nice to be... I, I mean, I do feel like a bit of an outsider. I'm not stand-up comedy. I'm a bit of a strange comedy mixed so yeah it's kind of nice to be there i feel like i'm the, ex the experiment but uh, it was good i enjoyed that you look like you're going to say something are you going to say something <laughs> yeah so that was the only thing i was going to say or i was thinking i wasn't even going to say it but small by choice because yeah so he's on the pod but sean another member of the committee got that advice from bendigo blues and roots it's like do not grow and i think even though we don't talk about it, I know that I always think that, like, let not, like, grow, but grow naturally. And I think I always think about that. I'm like, oh, it's like, it's, maybe there's something cool in being small. Yeah. Especially, I think, three years, there's two in the middle that we're off. Maybe it's, yeah, that's a, that's a, might be our strongest thing sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's about being sustainable. You want to make sure you can sustain, yeah. sustain something that has that good energy. As soon as you try to grow and get too big, you can lose that energy. And then that's, yeah, you want to be vibrant and being small is one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that, not that everyone knows, but there was a time in this kind of like planning of the whole festival, like, oh, should we go on the capital? Thank God we didn't. <laughs> I want to bring up the fact that we go to other festivals. So let's talk about the other festivals in comparison. Thank you very much, mate. Um, no worries, you saved your life. Sydney Fringe Festival is a huge, sprawling thing. As is the city, yes. As is the city, but that's going to go. We're losing banners just for those that are listening in. <laughs> Falling over in the wind on this beautiful sunny day in a very flooded state. Yes. The fact that the Benny Coming Festival, we started small on purpose. We're, we're sort of growing with the audience 
um, requests. So the day pass is, is almost a result of audience feedback. And everything we're doing is sort of slowing in that sort of listening to what's around us and what we think is sustainable and, and keep going. When you look at the behemoths of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, that seems more dictated by what Ash said. Like, you want to be part of it. So the reason that's growing is because people are paying their $500 to be part of it and, and trying to create it bigger than it is. Sydney's trying to be all of Sydney and, and seems fairly scattered as a result of it. Yeah, actually, that's probably a good point. I hadn't thought about that before. I think, yeah, the Sydney Festival, it almost feels like it's trying to do too much um, at once. And, you know, it was it was great to be part of. I've been wanting to be part of Sydney Fringe for a long time. I finally got to bring a flying photon to Sydney Fringe after three years of, yeah, same thing, everything being shut. Um, so that was really, really nice. But, yeah, it's very much, they've, they've got hubs, um, but it's hard to find out where those hubs are, what the shows are at each hub. Um, because, yeah, there is a little bit of just trying too much. And they... And I think that's a problem of Sydney. It's it's very diverse. It's very spread out. So to try and bring a little bit of comedy to everybody or um, fringe art to everybody, it is quite difficult because, yeah, you want to make it fair and equal. It's not just going to be in the inner west um, because though even though you know that's where a lot of the market is, you kind of want to take it out of the inner west to people that aren't as exposed to fringe performances and there's that. So I think... I think with any festival or with any event producing anything, you've got to decide who's your audience and why you're reaching them and just go for them. So do you want to bring arts to a new audience or do you want to entertain those that you know are going to be interested and are going to love it? Well, Ash, that's the thing that with this festival, with, with Bendigo, we've got the podcast, we've, we had the science show, we've got kids show, We've got stand-up, we've got musical acts, we had all kinds, we had the pride shows, we were doing all kinds of different things. That seemed, was it, how much of that do you think is us trying to cater to the audience or just us imposing stuff? Like, that's the, that's the sort of thing with the, with the, the problem with big festivals seems to be how much they want to do versus how much people actually want. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That's a tough question because sometimes it feels like no one wants this. Um, <laughs> but every day, but yeah. like like people keep coming. I don't know. It's weird because I was at, we were in for a dog walk this morning, having this conversation about the pride show. The question was asked at the start: um, "Give us a cheer if you're part of the LGBTQI plus community." And there was a cheer. And then it's, give us a cheer if you're not. And there was a bigger cheer. So we put this Pride show on and there was way less people that, like, who we put it on for didn't necessarily come. And that that's fine. There was, like, still a crowd, but then sometimes it's, like, just a comedy crowd. And then I was thinking, like, I don't know, are we, even now are we still getting too big because, like, it's a comedy community and the comedy audience in Benigo isn't huge and do they not need, like, we didn't go to the capital. You know? Yeah. No, that's interesting. Because, yeah, how big... I don't know the answer, but I was just thinking about it today. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we put on that show and people that just love comedy came. And 
Well, yeah, I asked you the same question after my show. It was like, how many people do you think were there for the science content? How many people were forced there because they bought a day pass? No, they weren't forced there. We didn't, <laughs> everybody who got a day pass got to choose. There was no guns involved. No, we're all stingy people. It's like, no, nah, I spent the money, man. i got to go to the shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... I think that one of the benefits there of that kind of programming was about having people exposed to things they might not have otherwise been exposed to. And I, that's one of the things I've done about the Pride show, because it was like... Someone said, well, let's, let's be honest, Bendigo has a lot of churches. There's sort of a conservative culture within Bendigo. <laughs> but for people to go to that sort of show just to experience what was happening, great, same sort of thing with the science show. It was included in the past, let's go experience something new. But is that us forcing that onto the audience? How, how, do, how do we know what the... How do you guys, anybody know what the audience wants? Yeah, no idea. I don't think you do know. And... Think you just have a crack, yeah. but I also think that like for a comedy festival, just make it funny, yeah. And then like everyone is keen for a laugh, and it's cool. But it's also like even though necessarily the pride show was just for everybody in the end, it's also just oh, yeah. cool to say hey. But also we're here, and like you know, oh. like this is. Um, we were talking about how good that lineup was. That was one of the best lineups of the festival, hands down, regardless of. Yeah, I think I think it was the best lineup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say and then afterwards you send out a survey and you ask people what do they like and what do they want to see more of you yeah know? yeah. <laughs> I think oh. it's a good, yeah because when you're small you can experiment a little bit like that and find out what people want and then start honing it like yeah you're only three years on you're still honing what that audience wants mm. yeah the, the, I didn't really plan much but, audience oh, do you want to go? I was just going to say on that though what about let's just say we asked Bendigo, what did you think of the comedy festival? What do you want? And the response was, not comedy. Like, because like, <laughs> I have this conversation all the time where my partner is like, she's like, yeah, but comedy, maybe just people don't like, care about comedy that much. I'm like, well, then do we stop? Nah, because we want to keep doing this thing because we love doing it and some people love doing it and, like, we get money to do it. But, um, so it kind of makes sense to do it, but if no one wants it, like, at one point, or what point does it become about you just being selfish? Well, but I've got that list. Let's it, not stop. Should should this sort of thing, thank you. Should, should another banner fell. Came like to heckle, like oh. what? Well, oh, no, this guy this told time. me that he erupted. I came to heckle. No, he's always having troubles with banners. I feel <laughs> terrible. If you need a launch, like attack me. It's all right. <laughs> um, should this be funded? We do get grant funding, and we got sponsorship funding. And we did have audiences. I know you sort of sounded, sort of sounded like we didn't get Actually, true. Yeah. We should couldn't yeah, Oh, it was hectic. Like, he, yeah. heaps no, of people came. Heaps of people came. Don't get me wrong. Shows sold out. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, shows did sell out, actually. Yeah, that's good, good to flag. The shows sold out, yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's still, who's it for? It's, it's, it is, it, if we only relied on audience ticket sales this year, you couldn't run that sort of festival. Because... There's just so many extra overheads. And I'm a diva, yeah. No, but there is... But I... I, I what I do you mean rely on ticket sales, though? Do you, do you mean ticket sales and day pass sales? Or? No, yeah, yeah, just in general. Because... So you submit a grant application for these sorts of things, and every festival Here we does go. this. Finally. I want to hear it. The grants! <laughs> <laughs> How does he do it? <laughs> 
No, but every festival does it. Every festival justifies that their engagement in the community goes beyond just that ticket sale price. So they can't survive just on ticket sales. That the fact that you're bringing a morale to the community, the fact that people are coming out and buying meals and drinks in, in shops and things like that, there's a lot more of a flow-on effect than just that ticket price. And therefore, you, that's why they give grants to those to all those festivals because the council sees that taxpayers' dollars will come back to them because of that event happening. And tourism, accommodation costs, all those sorts of things. It's definitely a hard pod to heckle on because you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about it. <laughs> well, see, that, uh, I've just sort of justified my own question, which is going to be because you mentioned we get some funding support, but it sounds weird to say the arts needs to stand up on itself. Do, how do you feel about having funding support to do this sort of thing? You... Uh, can I jump in quickly yeah. here? Um, so coming back to Sydney Fringe Festival, amazingly with that, I didn't have to pay registration this year because Create New South, Create New South Wales covered all the costs, uh, which was really good because they you know, hadn't, hadn't supported the festival in two years because it didn't happen. So um, all costs were covered this year essentially for artists and it was just really great. I didn't have to pay the $300 to be involved. I just got to be involved and the people who came were funding my next show and, and that was great. They weren't funding my overheads. Um, yeah, I think funding is, is really important even just yeah to show that this thing is valid and you know we don't want to make people pay for something that's, that's great <laughs> really ultimately, uh, especially in areas that, you know, Everything's so expensive. It's nice to go out and get some art and get culture um, without having to pay a huge amount for it. Yeah. We got a question. Yeah. Um. The, the question, thus for any recording, is um, about how do you let people know about a festival like this and shows in general? Ash? Do you mind? Girlfriend send you here? Because we just had this question. We just talked about this this morning. Facebook is like, I just, we were just talking about this. They're like, no one's on Facebook anymore. And like, I'm not really on Facebook and I don't see stuff. And I was like, did you see anything? And, and she didn't see anything. She didn't see a single bit of marketing other than what I put up. So the answer to that question is, I have no idea. I do not know how to like, what gap to fix. And then she's like, do you have to go on TikTok? I was like, I hope not. I don't know what, how to, it's like people aren't on Facebook, it's like in the world and nothing to do with comedy, it feels like we're in this weird little point where we're finished on Facebook, young people having a little dabble on TikTok, but then there's like something else is on the way, but right now it's quite hard to market anything. Yeah, it is, and um, I know having lived in Bendigo before and done a lot of marketing, I was here actually, I was part of the team that that essentially saved the Bendigo Discovery Centre from closing. And we did so much media around the centre closing and getting funding and support to keep us open. And then after we were announced that we were saved and it was all good, you know, that story wasn't as interesting. So I didn't get around as much. I still have people going, oh, didn't that close down? <laughs> so um, I think the marketing and getting people to know about these things is is always the toughest thing for any festival, for any event, is what are the channels, how are you going to get to people? And uh, I think with any festival, like with Adelaide Fringe, long-term festivals, you realise that nobody knows it's on until the final week, because that's when everything gets busy. 
You need the, the three think, weeks of stuff already. Uh, I think I think the idea, the, the thing with Adelaide is that it takes over, if you haven't been to the Adelaide Fringe Festival, it takes over a park, and there's two parks actually. There's two big areas, they put up uh, circus kind of tents, that have, it's huge, they, they shut up roads, and they take over the town. And that's a thing about marketing in terms of, you can't ignore that. The whole thing is in your face. In Bendigo, we've been fighting for a few years. Hello, Bendigo Council and Tourism. We've been fighting to get some flags up and getting things exposed so that it's really in your face that we're happening. Because Facebook isn't really, doesn't really work. I would love to be able to say, and, and it's, we get great marketing from radio and um, papers. But even myself, the other day, I was getting posters printed for a show. And I said, oh, it's a comedy show coming up. And the person said, oh, I'd love to, uh, to go to a comedy show sometime. Like, well, the Bendigo Comedy Festival starts tonight. <laughs> you can. Oh, yeah, maybe next month. <laughs> I love that you just called Adelaide a town. Um, it's just so good, like the same as But you feel like maybe that people are just more isolated. And it's cool, like I don't mind it. But maybe people are more isolated than ever. Because one of the parts of that question that you didn't relay was, do you put posters up? If you were to put posters up in Bendigo, not Adelaide, where would you put a post? Like, we do put posters up. Where would you put them? Because no one goes in the mail. So like yeah. that's and that's the spot you go and put up. Like we definitely put a poster in the mail, but like no one is in the mail anymore. You can't put a poster up in someone's fridge because you can't get in their property. So you don't know. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's really like people are isolating, which is fine. It could be important. It's hard to market anything. To go into people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the Bendigo Weekly's not around anymore as well, so it's sort of losing physical channels as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. but then yeah, does the Bendigo Times. But we have the Bendigo Times. Does that cater the same oh, thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't Bendigo standard as well. Bendigo yeah. standard. Oh, I read that. I read that all the time. That's great. Bendigo Times doesn't go to every house. Like the weekly go to every house. Yeah. So we're on the front page of the Times or the front page of the advertiser. Oh man, same on the day you were with Grab like if I wasn't you, but that says I didn't know. If you weren't my son, I wouldn't have known this festival was on. Yeah. Yeah. That was saying that the yeah the paper is if then on the pod that there used to be one that go to your house. And now you've got to go and find it, which means you've got to go find the paper to find about the comedy festival. Yeah. It's also a, um, you've got to build up that knowledge of expectancy so people know to look out for it because yeah. there is that individual agency as well. So like the Bendigo Blues and Roots Festival, people are like, oh, I know when that's kind of happening, I'm going to keep an eye out for something. So it is just an act of growing and getting getting more recognition and that sort of thing that people will start to go, oh, that, that's happening sometime around this year. I'm going to keep an eye out because I'm sure there'll be something in the newspaper or, mm. or so much. So it is it is a time thing. Time is really important with oh, marketing these I, things. Yeah. It's a new world. Persistency. It's a, we're just like, it's just different times. Like all bring, I went to a fish and chip shop. This isn't a joke. I went to a fish and chip shop the other day and I asked for um, blue, you know, uh, grenadier, the fish. I said, can I get blue grenadier? And the guy said to me, do you mean blue heaven? And what had happened That's was that fish and ship shop had become a vape shop. <laughs> and Blue Heaven is a flavour. And they still sell fish and chips, but they sell more vapes. So he was genuinely thought that I had just, I was in there to get a vape. Like, that's like, it's a different time. Like, the whole world is changing in front of us. I don't, that is astounding that 
that you that those two things can work in the same place. Are they vaping the fish? Do they get flavoured fish so, at the same time? Like fish, the fish, fish and chips hasn't changed. Smoked fish to a different level. Yeah, well, the fish and chips hasn't changed. They've just decided that there's money in vaping, which there, <laughs> which there is, and they sell vapes. And well, you know, they do it's, fish and chips, vaping and tattoos. That should be the future. Yeah, I can't believe. <laughs> Did you get your interview? Hey? Did you get your fish? No, they didn't even have it. No, ah! like, and they're not, that's the thing. They're not even prioritising what their business is advertised as. Like, I had a piece of flake. It was good. But, um, yeah, the menu lied. But the, that's, that's what I mean. Times and chips are, festival coming to a store near you. Times are changing and, like, we've got to adapt. But the thing is, they're just, like, and they're always changing. But it feels like right now they're changing heaps real quick. And we're just, like, playing catch up. Not at the festival, though, just you as an individual? Yeah. 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 Great, great. Uh, oh, did you want to speak up? Uh, no, that was uh, it. I had a couple of questions, and then I'll throw some questions for the audience before we kick out. Uh, I was going to ask what's the benefits of being involved in the festival to the rest of your year, but I think you almost answered that earlier on with how you say that it improves you. You learn so much just in that point to the rest of the year. Would that be it? Is there anything else that you guys think doing these shows helps? Or, or maybe producing? That's a good question. For you as a producer, Ash, do you learn things doing this festival that you take off to any of the other shows that you produce in Bendigo? Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. For like, it's like, it's just different things. So you meet, I think the thing is, the main thing that I get from running gigs, not necessarily this one, but from running gigs from when we started is you just meet people and you meet comedians and then in terms of being a comedian that's only going to help because if they know you and like you but also you just meet like people around town you make like so the networking part obviously helps heaps but also like life skills like you know we were on the bar and I, I have an RSA never used it um, but I had to learn the bar and like that just like it's always good to be doing stuff and just kind of grow as a person and like how like even just like anxiety about like oh i don't know i'm gonna be stressed running the bar and you run the bar and it's not that hard and then <laughs> just all that all that stuff just kind of helps but i think the main part you get out of just producing something is like networking and confidence to be able to do that type okay. of stuff realizing how capable you are yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah ash you're very capable don't anybody say otherwise yeah well the funny like because I guess it, it is a comedy thing, that, that I made a joke to these guys about how, you know, like when you crack a can, like I had to be on the bar, and I said, oh, I'm not very good at cracking cans, I'll get my girlfriend to do it for me. And they like just laughed, and it was just a joke, but when I rocked up and it was my shift on the bar, there was like a spoon, <laughs> and I just, I think I asked one of you, I was like, what's a spoon for? I was like, oh, to crack the cans. But then this guy rocked into the audience and goes, oh, good to see you got the spoon because it, like, hurt your hands. I was like, is this, again, more than, like, you guys have been telling people that I don't... Because I was only joking, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Three years of waiting, yeah. and we finally learned something about a spoon. Yeah. It's been worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> but I think those main things, yeah, networking and just life skills. Yeah, I was going to add um, from the Fringe Festival perspective outside of a comedy festival. Um, the Fringe Festival is really interesting. So I take opportunities to be in places where I am going to network with others. So being in Sydney, I was in the Emerging Artists Hub um, and then in Adelaide, I was part of the Gluttony uh, tents. And that was amazing, like meeting people, but not 
from comedy, meeting them from all other different performances. Like I learned about clown makeup from the clowns. I got a side gig as a mermaid on the weekends. Same. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, and that was just really interesting and fascinating to be exposed to all these different ways of art. And I think that's really important to me as a writer, as a producer and performer, is being exposed to other ways that people are creative um, and express express great ideas. So I can kind of yeah be inspired by that in a in a way to bring it bring it back. Because like I think we all know comedy is found everywhere. And um, yeah, the broader the experiences. Um, the more the more opportunity for comedy. So that's what I really like about the Fringe Festivals and any festival is, yeah, meeting all those people, networking, learning new skills and seeing things that you wouldn't normally go to or, or have a chance to see. Well, I think you went to the most shows of anybody at the first, at the Bendigo Comedy Festival, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, well, officially. Well, that, that wasn't part of the committee, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you went to a lot of shows and that is that just because of wanting to learn or just you interested in all the shows? Because I had to wait for you to drive me home. I <laughs> uh, no, but interest. Um, yeah, really interested to see how the people working. I always make sure I go to see something. Um, so I'm from Sydney and I, I try and make sure I see something, you know, at least every month. Um, just some, some form of performance art or um, visual arts. And yeah, so no, it was really important that I see the other shows and I see how other people are performing and sharing ideas. Saw a great comedy sketch the other day in Sydney at the Comedy Store that you just talked about pockets for 15 minutes and it was hilarious. It's just, yeah, things you just don't think about a lot. Comedy, no, no. comedy is everywhere. It's everywhere, right, yeah. Except, just... for the, except for the Bells Beach, um, oh no, the, the Jan Jack uh, Bird Rock Cafe, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Brutal. <laughs> Long drive, huh? <laughs> mm. um, cool. So yeah, next mine was in Maitland. Yeah. My next question was going to be about... Um, Bendigo Company Festival doesn't do this, and we might do this in the future, but at the moment, most festivals I've been to have reviewers going around reviewing shows. Ooh. So I was going to ask, sorry to follow up on the Jan Jack <laughs> bit, reviews of your shows. How do you feel about reviewers and reviewing at festivals? Fucking love them. Really? Yeah. How else do I know if I'm doing a good job? <laughs> like you can Cups say- Cups and sales? <laughs> well, yeah, but the sales, they haven't seen you yet. The sales are influenced by the- See, this is when I give myself away. Oh, that was good. That's it. Yeah, the sales haven't seen you yet. Yeah, that's no, annoying. like yeah. yeah the they should put that. They should put that at the end of every sales report that you download every day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to know these people haven't seen you yet. <laughs> that would be good. To, oh, Was that would it? be a real like yeah. uh, reset in the morning when I get excited. Just to the end note, these people haven't seen you yet though. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Sales do not reflect how good you are. Sales reflect how good your marketing is and how good the reviews are. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I just think back to the first reviews I ever had on my show, and gosh, the show was rough then. They must have just been so supportive of me. They were so <laughs> nice. They were just being like, oh, she's trying something new. Good on her. You know, they were just really nice. And um, uh, yeah, I really, I really like reviews. I think they're really important. Um, I've had some, you know, slightly rougher reviews that said, uh, I was trying a lot, wasn't always successful, but gosh, she tried, you know. Um, 
and of course, fun. Gee, that's so condescending. I've had that, I've had that review from my mum heaps, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like on the. It's good, it's good we try. It's good I, we try. I think reviews are unreal, but if you were alluding to would it help the comedy festival? Oh no, not well. I think not particularly, <laughs> but just in general. But yeah, awesome reviews are so good. Yeah, yeah. love them. Bring them in. Do we need them here in Benio? Probably not. Just on account of timeline, like. The writing of it, yeah. the four days, it's over before it hits anywhere. But yeah, they are so good. Yeah, they're awesome. You're yeah. going to get to cop, take those little words and about a three-way split you did and pretend it was just about you. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a poster and say, it's 50 minutes of non-stop laughter, but you've never done 50 minutes of non-stop <laughs> laughter. Ah, oh, it's yeah, how you spin yeah. it. I must say that quote that I was talking about before, the... the part of the quote is like the scope of what she was attempting was breathtaking and it wasn't always successful but blah blah so I just take breathtaking yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. This, is a, this is a review and like I'm gonna you're gonna hate the language and I do I am so sorry but uh, a comedian I know just got a review sent to him online just from a, a fan we were laughing about this yesterday and it's like this onslaught of just like praise like you are so good you are so good they're so funny but that person, it was sent at like 1am and that person didn't have a chance to write back. So the last two messages after all these good words was, fuck you, sorry about this part, faggot, cunt. And you're like, like that's, yeah, what are the, like, the whole, the whole review, you've got to spin it. You've got to take out some words. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, actually, yeah. You can't just put the whole thing in. That was so mean, but like the start was like lovely. And just because they didn't say, thanks for that nice review. The last part was, yeah, fuck you. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think then, like, getting reviews, spinning a comedy festival, like, the, the idea then is you do a preview show just for media and reviewers that then can spread the word and yeah. do it that way. Well, th- th- that's the thing, that what you mentioned there, because um, I got told... I, I actually was involved in a review judging process at Sydney Fringe, and I found out proof in that that a lot of people do those festivals just to get the reviews so they can put them on the poster. Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's... Do you then just do Benio Comedy Festival? Because we saw people filming their, their shows the other night. Do you just attend a show just to get one thing out of it? Do you, do you ever just think you're going to get one thing from what you're doing? Or do, do you... I don't think I've ever done a show for a review, though. Like, yeah, I think I only do the show because I want to do a show. I want to do... I don't even think it's, like, money. I just think I just want to do this to be funny. And then everything else is, like, oh, yeah, all incentive to do it. But I don't think it's just... I'm like, oh, I'll be honest. Don't ever, like, book me and say, hey, we heard you say you do it for free. But I probably would. (laughs) I probably would do it for free. Yeah. Don't do it for free, Ash. But, like, just being genuine, like, I probably would. Yeah, there's a great joy in performing, which is why we're here. And um, But yes, uh, it, a very important lesson I learned that's like when one of us does it for free, then the rest of us have to do it for free. So they <laughs> support each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, 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 without naming names, we're talking about the benefits of this festival. And one of the acts we had said the great thing is the venue room because it's really lovely. One of the acts, that was the thing from everybody. Yeah, that's like universal. Everyone I talked to, the venue is just the best. Audience, acts, everyone said we got to be back in there next year. There were two of us that were in different venues. So I don't know how the 
Discovery Centre venue went. That's always a great space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I was in uh, the Latrobe Arts Institute, which is very interesting space, actually. I think that's... Because it's just across the road from the engine room, I think that's got a lot of potential. Mm. There's, there's, there's places to expand, should you choose to expand. I've deferred, so I couldn't attend your show um, from the show. But... So I didn't see yours either. There was rain delay. Yeah, I mean, I like the cricket. Yeah. Let's, oh, not, let's not talk about that. But no, I was just... I thought about that in terms of um, people being willing to come back. I think it's on, a, on that role of... It's hard to get people to know through Facebook what's happening but we can be maintain the persistency and the acts now as spreading the word that, oh yeah, it's really great. So we can keep going, that momentum will grow, which will be great. Um, what have we, what has worked this year? Or what didn't work? What can we improve? What's gonna happen in 2023? Because rain, hail, flood, storms, desert or shine, We'll be back in 2023. Pandemic reeling. (laughs) (laughs) What do we do better or what route that we have to reproduce? I can't wait to come back next year. I mean, I haven't... I'll be back. I don't know whether I'll be performing or back as a... Just as for funsies. Probably just for funsies, really. Um, I'll pitch you a show. (laughs) When I've written one. Um... Yeah, I'm really excited about coming back. I think just to why, what, what, what about? Yeah, why? I think I think because it's because it's young. It's only three years, and then I can be like, I remember, and I, I was there at the beginning. You know, <laughs> you get the, just, t- the merch that we oh, don't have merch. Yeah, no, don't have merch. Yeah, just to be part of something and to be there and, and watch something come into its strength, which I know Bendigo. I have no doubt Bendigo Festival will become a very regular part of Bendigo and something that people come for. Like, I, I fully believe that, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. Ooh, at this point, somebody interjected, I guess, heckled in a way, to ask a question, asking whether or not writing isn't very mechanical, the way you write a show, or can it just be organic? And Ash jumped in to answer. For sure, yeah, like 100% yes, because I can't do it, I'm terrible at it. But there are so many people that just, there's nothing written there. It's just improv. And that's like, improv is a whole thing. And yeah, so many people are good at it and they do it on stand-up and they get on they have nothing written. They just come up with it on the spot. So yeah, 100%. It can be organic. Can everyone do it? I definitely cannot do it at all. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, this comes into writing. So we're talking about organic and structured processes in, in writing, in, in being funny on stage. Uh, I think the way I think about it, the way I heard about it not so long ago is in writing there are gardeners and there are architects and uh, I noticed with my stuff it's definitely a combination of two and I think for most of us it'll be a combination of the both where the architect is the person that structures something there's a strong structure and they build out from that structure and then the gardener is the one that like plants a seed and tends to the seed and watch it grows and develops and that's the organic way of doing it and then I know for me I've got the structure of the science the science content is the structure and then I'm nurturing the comedy. I'm growing the comedy to grow around that structure. Um, and that's that's how my writing kind of happens on the stage. A lot of that comes with improv and on the moment and just like, wow, that worked really well. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely organic all the way. Yeah. It's good for your body. 
But to, to go back to the question, the yeah, yeah. feedback of the festival. I reckon I got, I'm going to give you four things, yeah. and one of them I had way more, which is one, the one I had the most was that people don't even know it's on. Yeah. But that was one thing. Another thing was sell merch. Yep. Yeah. Another thing was <laughs> yeah. the day pass is, is the best thing, but what about, like what I would prefer was if I could get a package of tickets, but it's not to one day. Yeah. So it's like I say, I want to see these three shows and they get a reduced rate, but I am seeing three shows just on one day. And then the last one was book Danny Boy. But that was just from, <laughs> from one intense lady who hadn't seen a single comedy show who just bailed me up at the pub and weirdly caressed my elbow. <laughs> And it was so scared. Well, How I do you really caress an elbow? Just, just walking through, and this lady, said, this lady said, has there been comedy on? And I was like, yeah, it's across the road. It's and she said, do you know who on. I love? And she launched into how much she loves Danny Boy, and she held my elbow. And then everyone who saw me after it said, looked like I was lost. They're like, what happened? And I was like, oh, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. It was really intense. Yeah? Oh yeah, I had to ring up there. But I also accidentally went to a high school uh, reunion and I knew a person in there. He's like, man, you okay? You look like, you're like you've been asleep in the toilet. And I was like, nah, generally, yeah, just... Generally specific. Yeah, but those are the four. That's, that's it. Uh, as far as feedback goes, that's the four things I've got. And the one that was more than anything was, oh, I didn't know it was on. Yeah. And then this, in order of, I didn't know it was on... Um, the day pass thing about like don't make it a day pass make it a three show pass merch Danny Boy yeah that's the order of hierarchy and that was pretty much the end of the recording uh, I thanked everybody and we all went on to have beers and a lovely afternoon thank you for listening to this podcast uh, episode of the Dissecting a Frog and I hope you've enjoyed it follow Comedy Victoria at Comedy Vic, uh, join the news uh, newsletter and the membership, comedyvictoria.com.au there, and thanks for your time.